because she's a young nerd. And he's an old punk. Welcome to Young Nerd Old Punk, the podcast where, where we participate in a subcultural exchange because Kelly's a young nerd. <laughs> and Tim is an old punk. This time, Kelly sent me a couple YouTube videos, and my recommendation was What We Do Is Secrets, a movie about the germs. Let's Thanks. start with YouTube videos. Okay, so I had Tim watch two YouTube videos. The first one is a short film called Grand Zero, which is about a company that's totally not Amway, and it features the guy who is, if Google was a guy from Comedy Central, and other actors that have other IMBD notoriety. <laughs> It stars Brian Husky. It also has Janine Hadid Tompkins, Thomas Lennon, and Ian Roberts. So when I saw the cast list, I was very excited. The name of the pyramid scheme is called Dream Star. Basically, everyone in Grand Rapids, Michigan is part of Dream Star, except for Brian Husky's family, who quickly turn into Dream Star evangelists after he inherits his parents' downline after they pass away. From there, it transitions into a zombie sort of film. I did like that they used Pyramid Scheme slogans as most of the lines in the movie because I had an aunt and a pair of cousins that did sell Amway. So all of that was very reminiscent of them trying to sell me shitty Amway. And very early on in the movie, one of the girls go, one of his, it's either his daughter or his wife and they're like, hun. And in current like multi-level marketing like snark groups online, they refer to them as hun bots because they call everybody hun. So like that's like the first introduction of it. Yeah, it was the it was the wife because the wife turned way quicker than the daughter did. Oh yeah. Except did she? The daughter was watching those uh, motivational videos really She early. was, but it wasn't till the very end where she said something and and this is how the actual video ends. She says something like I don't know. She's like, but if you look at the percentage we'll make on this, and then he looks at his shotgun because he has saved the daughter essentially, or thought he had. Uh, it was chuckle funny, but not laugh riot funny. There were two lines I liked in particular. In Britain, scheme just means plan. <laughs> and if you have a job, it's a dead end. Both yeah. I liked a lot. Uh, actually, one of the funniest things that happened was the ad that came up while I was watching was a guy selling information on five mistakes that network marketers are making every day. <laughs> I got a Teresa Greenfield ad when I rewatched it, so... Uh, like I said, I was... Maybe I went in a little too hyped just because of Thomas Lennon and Ian Roberts being on there, because both of those I've watched, oh, pretty much my entire adult life. For this one, I'm going to go two out of five pocket protectors. <laughs> the next video that I had Tim watch was remaking Fallout music or something along those lines. A new genre of music for Fallout. New genre of music for Fallout by Brian David Gilbert, which is part of the Polygon Network. Brian David Gilbert is a really quirky guy who literally got his job at Polygon by doing this weird music video about his like credentials. And this one was about music of Fallout. I mean, he does look like every quirky hipster you've ever met. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Essentially, the video goes through, like, because the music in Fallout currently is music from the 60s? Oh, no. It's mostly from the late 20s. Late 20s. I don't Even know. though, based on the timeline, it would have happened in, like, the 40s. Yeah. So that was... I see what he's pointing out there. Because music production just kind of stopped at one point because Fallout was happening. Yeah. And I actually do enjoy the Fallout music. I somehow am going to justify I'm not a Fallout super fan, even though I've played three New Vegas in about ten hours of four. <laughs> so... I didn't play 1 and 2 or anything past 4, or majority of not 4. And while I see what he's saying as far as wouldn't a new version of music be created, from my very limited experience, 
of FM radio these days. <laughs> it doesn't seem like any music's been created since about 1998 in this country, so he may be wrong on that point. Uh, I was a little disappointed that they waited till almost the end to come up with any kind of music, because I thought it would come a little sooner, though the fact that it ended up being Scott was kind of funny. Yeah, I honestly, when I originally watched the video, about halfway through, I'm like, oh, fuck, we're getting ska, and my boyfriend told me I was crazy, and I'd never been happier because Skull of out, I think is what he ended up calling yeah. it, maybe. Skull. He made a math rock joke, which I really enjoyed, but I also like math rock, so, I mean, he basically said it was shit. That one I gave four out of five pocket protectors, because, I mean, if you're a Fallout fan, that shit is funny. Yeah. Unless you're a hardcore Fallout fan that doesn't think you can make fun of Fallout. So and you're you, wrong. Yeah, and yeah. you're not really a Fallout fan if you can't <laughs> yeah. make fun of it. If you can't make fun of the things you like, then what the fuck's wrong with it? My suggestion, as I covered before, was What We Do Is Secret. It was a film made in 2007. It stars Shane West. This movie was at least in planning or production for 10 plus years. Because I remember reading about it in the mid to late 90s. When David Arquette was signed up to stay, play Darby Crash. And I remember reading about it in the mid to late 90s and going, Jesus Christ, they're really going to fuck this movie up because it's going to star David Arquette. So what was your impressions of the movie? So I went into this movie assuming it was a documentary. <laughs> and one of the first lines is like, we're fascists, but we're not Nazis. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what did Tim sign me up for? And then I was like oh, this is a movie. And then I realized that it was about a real band. <laughs> and it's actually a movie vaguely about the documentary about the movie. Yeah, it is sort of a Or about mixed, the band. It's a mixed fictional movie, but also mixed like fake the fa documentary. Yeah. It definitely is. And it... I really, like, enjoyed it. It's kind of... The beginning's really good where you get, like, the band's building, and then the movie just kind of falls off, honestly. I thought that, too. I rewatched it last night because I haven't seen it since 2007 when it released. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm of a mixed mind when it comes to Darby Crash and the Germs. I really love that album. As a teenager, I idolized Darby Crash like every other fucking punk rock teenager ever, d- ever did. But as a grown adult now, it's sort of like, yeah, wasn't he really just kind of a junkie asshole? Because... And they do somewhat portray his assholelessness, but if you read biographies, things like that, I know, spoiler alert, I guess, for the movie. Yeah, and, I was going to say and, and his life, he ends up killing himself with heroin. Uh, one of the people that were around at that time said he was such a dumbass that he chose the day that John Lennon died to kill himself. Because it was the same yeah. exact day, so it got overshadowed that he was even dead. So speaking of overshadowing that he's even dead, so I had the misfortune of watching it by Chromecasting it to my TV on Amazon, and they give you trivia that I foolishly read before I watched the movie because I'm like, ooh, facts! Oh, right, right, yeah. And it turns out that he actually died two days before John Lennon died, but it was still overshadowed by that news. By John Lennon dying. But, again, spoilers, because, like, if you don't know his life, which I didn't, I'd already had, like, that he died spoiled, and so don't read that before you watch the movie. (laughs) But I found it really, like, kind of interesting because, like, while they're forming the band, they recycled through, like, a bunch of drummers in the beginning, and then in the end, he tries to have Rob be the drummer. Well, he lets Rob replace Don for, like, one show for four minutes before he goes, you're out, Robbie. And then they get pissed, and that was kind of... Where it fell off. I mean, really, 
That didn't fall off. What fell off was he started getting into heroin. Yeah. And speed. And he wasn't, and he was doing drugs just kind of willy-nilly instead of letting their producer source the drugs, which is... Oh, yeah. At least how the film Amber. Yeah. Actually, the film's fairly accurate historically because it was, it had involvement from all the band members. There's plenty of his journals that were still left to go through. Like, it is semi-historically accurate. They didn't change a whole lot. They actually ended up using the guy who played Darby Crash as him in the band after the fact at some Warped Tours, which I thought yeah. was really like... Well, he was previously in a pop-punk band, too. Mm-hmm. He actually put his own money in to make sure the film got finished. Wow. Yeah, so it was like a project of love in general, because the guy that directed it really loved the germs, too. So, But still, 10 years it took you. I don't understand the market for it. Yeah, Tim. Uh, I mean, but that's the thing, though. It would have been like 17-year-old Tim, where he goes, would have been like fucking sellouts and wouldn't have went to see it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in 2007, it still would have been that same target market that I would have been at 16. Something that I really enjoyed about the film, so I watch everything with subtitles anyway, but one, so the British um, guy who was trying to help them at one point, he was subtitled, and I thought that was fucking hilarious. Because for a second I didn't catch it, and I'm like, wait a second, this isn't the like black box subtitles, it's actually part of the movie. Yeah. It's like, you can understand him. They, well, they did the thing with the guy from The Mask, too, but they literally explained, like, no one could ever understand this guy, and yeah. then they subtitled him. I just thought it was really funny, like... Those could, that kind of humor is a little bit like Monty Python-ish. Right. And that they were just trying to like, can't understand this guy, let's give him subtitles. Kickboy. Kickboy. He's the one who was subtitled. I did think it got a little slow. There were some mm-hmm. sections that were slow. I, I was trying to look at it as like a general movie too, instead of just, you know, some fucking shithead fan of the germs. Yeah. I do like that they were basically terrible every time you saw them live, because in real life, that that was well known. They were a terrible live band. They just were not fucking good. It all leaned more toward the theatrics. Darby is somewhat blamed for introducing the amount of violence that was in the early 80s mm-hmm. hardcore scene. Like, prior to him, bands like X, they were trying to be really artistic and intelligent. And he kind of bands. And he, yeah, and he kind of brought that down with him just because of the level of violence he brought in. But he actually was, like, a fairly intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. Like, they say something about him being graduated from high school. And he still kept showing up. That wasn't quite accurate. That high school did kick him out, but he went to like a school for even smarter kids, where he also did really well. He's actually an early Scientologist. Oh God, never mind. I hate everything <laughs> about this. Yeah, it's weird that, that he was. He had to be like with the first one in mm-hmm. the late seventies. I found something I found really funny, and mainly, well, one, the whole, like, punk scene is essentially very similar to, like, current scenes, like the BLM movement and stuff, kind of counterculture, but also, like, trying to get stuff changed. Oh, that's the thing, too, I noticed in the film. They talked about how they couldn't book any shows. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, some of it was because of the way they acted that got them booked from places, the cops literally would raid every show. As yep. soon as they got word that the germs were playing somewhere, the cops rolled in. So they weren't booking them because they just knew the cops were going to show up. Yeah, there's a point in the movie where someone's like pissed they charged a cover. And she's like, um, what are you guys, capitalists now? And I'm like, I would say that. Like, if I showed up somewhere of the things I've been doing lately and they're charging a cover, I'd call them fucking capitalists and walk right in. So... It was just really funny to me because I'm like, nothing has changed the movie. 
I said, I tried to be really objective last night, but I'm not going to lie. I started to tear up a little bit when Darby died. And honestly, <laughs> like, it's really funny because... So fucking pathetic. I, like, I, I was like, eh, whatever. And then I thought about it. I'm like, actually, no, that's really fucking sad. Like, especially since, like, the girl he was with, he, the intention that it was going to be, like, a double suicide. But he yeah. failed. And she pretty much watched him, like... Oh, yeah, she did wake up, and she goes, it didn't work, Darby. It didn't and then work. he was like, fuck this, and I'm getting it like, done now. Yep. Yeah. And I honestly, like, at least how the movie portrayed it, like, think that it was intentional that he didn't kill her. To kill yeah. her. I don't really know, to be honest with you. I don't you. know the real life, but... If he had lived, I don't know... He would not have the status he has now. Mm-hmm. He pretty much had... Because I don't know that musically he would have ever done anything better than what the germs were, because it would have taken... Way too much evolution. And I don't think he would have found the band members with that kind of talent. Yeah. I mean, no offense to Pat Smear. Because actually, he went on to play in Nirvana. Wasn't he Foo and, Fighters 2? Yeah, he was in Foo Fighters 2. And actually, he got labeled a sellout for joining Nirvana and uh, the Foo Fighters. Even though when he joined them, he was literally working at a fucking record store. Let the man make some money. He was already, like... Pretty old by that point. The other members, maybe Dawn would have done more. I mean, I hate to say it because she was the female member, but she probably wouldn't have done more as a bassist mm-hmm. and did not do more as a bassist. Got their in- their money through scheming, which seems very punk rock at that time, yeah. to be completely honest. So overall, what did you think, Kelly? Oh, God, I don't remember what my rating system was. I believe is. your rating system was out of Mohawks. Out of Mohawks? Oh, <laughs> speaking of Mohawks, before I forget, one of my notes, and I didn't take very many because I figured I could just kind of wing it, was, I want a mullet, because he had this mullet with the, like, one dyed strand of hair in the front, very Bowie-esque. Yeah. But, like... He didn't have a mullet, he had a rat tail. Oh, it was a rat tail, but if it was undone, it would have been a mullet. Yeah, if it was undone, absolutely. (laughs) I forgot, there's a difference, but he had this, like, gross haircut, I'm like, man, I want a mullet. Uh, I will let you know, when I was 17, I had... Not the rat tail part, but the rest of it was pretty accurate. And there was one photo that we took at the Science Center of, of Louisville. It was my favorite picture at the time because one of my brothers side goes, Man, you look like Darby Crash. <laughs> <laughs> so I was very, very excited. I think, like, as a movie, it's definitely like two and a half out of five Mohawks. I think so, too. I don't know that it's a very good movie. I'd say it's closer to three as just kind of, like, the cultural exchange end of it. Because there is, like, how a band is formed, the violence that they created, like, the some of the stuff they did that kind of, like, pardon current terms, it was really extra to be like, this is how this should be. We need to change everything. So... I'd say so. Two point seven five mohawks. <laughs> so that's one that's kind of flopping down so at the end. So two and a fohawk. <laughs> two and a fohawk. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, we have some more episodes coming up. I don't know what the next episode will be yet, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. No, we. I think we had an ending, but we'll just go with goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> because she's a young nerd. And he's an old punk. Please follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts.